Hi there, Riley Billingsley here, the artistic director of It's Personal. You know the saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me? That's such a stupid phrase. Words do hurt. Bob Gook discusses just that in his piece from our crush show, all while crushing conversation hearts with a hammer. First, we'll listen to Bob's piece, then deep dive into what he was really thinking. Let's get personal. said to me, you try too hard to be funny. We can't go out anymore. <laughs> I was crushed. <laughs> Not to brag, but I was broken up with a lot. Heard many different lines, too. But you try too hard to be funny really stood up to me. For a while, I would tell myself, Bob, that happened in fifth grade when dating meant holding hands, writing notes, and occasionally, if you're brave enough, sitting together at lunch. Don't let it get to you, Bob. Kids are mean! <sighs> to my credit... After that breakup, I went on to become the comedic lead in all the school plays. Take that, Ashley! <laughs> but it wasn't until college that that same exact phrase, you try too hard to be funny, was uttered. See, I was at this big college party, and I was outside of the house, but I could still hear what was being said on the inside. My friend since the second grade was apologizing for me because apparently I had too much wine from the bathtub. <laughs> I was having too much fun. <laughs> but I sobered up when he said to a bunch of new college friends, he tries too hard to be funny. I never confronted this friend about that night, and eventually we drifted away, as friends tend to do. Ever since then, I've lived in a shell. It takes two or three months of knowing me to finally see the real me, which bodes really well for being an actor. <laughs> oh. They always say, just be yourself, and... You try too hard to be funny always slips into my head, forcing me to hide away any and all personality traits that might otherwise be vital to succeeding in this business. Even today, I'm fearful of any new friendship or interaction and later on ask my wife, 
You think they like me. You know, we always say, I don't care what people think of me. And I lied to myself when I said that. I always wanted people to like me, no matter what. No matter what our relationship is. If I knew that you had a problem with me, it would chip away at my soul so much so that I wouldn't be able to go out and meet new friends or pursue things creatively. I know you're probably thinking, go see a friggin' psychiatrist. <laughs> Maybe. You know, despite this phrase being in my head constantly, I, I still moved to Los Angeles. And as of recently, just started to pursue stand-up comedy. Whether they sincerely meant it or not, you try too hard to be funny, turned into an oddly positive and endearing phrase that, to this day, I refuse to be crushed by. Bob, thanks for being here. Hi, Riley. Thanks for having me. I'm here in my place, so this is weird. You're here. You're there. I'm here, but yet we're together. We're all here. <laughs> um, I think it's the first time I've interviewed you for the podcast, but um, you have been in its personal since the very first show. Yes, since as have I. Its existence. <laughs> yes. I love this piece, and I'm so glad we have the recording of it. Thank forever. you. Yeah, me too. It uh, and it sounded great, actually. Uh, yeah. I could hear... Oh, thank you, because I'm the one that did the recording at the theater, if you remember. Well, yeah, and I could <laughs> I was hear very everything. very nervous. The smashing of the, of the hearts. Of the candies, yeah. How did you come up with this idea when you heard the word, you know, heard the theme crush... How did this kind of come to mind? So I wanted, I always want to um, try to do a, a recap of my life, as it were, up until then. And, and I don't want to do mm -hmm. the whole story, but I just want to do like snippets of um, moments. That's what that you're I doing was... with it's personal? Right, right. And uh, <laughs> I, love it. I just like moments of, of feeling um, heartbroken. That's kind of the way I wanted to go with mm -hmm. this, with this theme. It was crush, but I wanted to go the opposite way. Yeah, so that's kind of the, like the the direction I wanted to go with it, as opposed to like talking about right. a crush. I felt like I've I've done that before in the past with, especially with talking about Liz. So I'm like, well, I got to talk about something that like crushed me um, emotionally. So that's that's where the idea came from. Yeah, I love that. Like using the theme of crush and not just surface level of like having a crush on like a romantic crush but a feeling of being crushed I think that's great yeah because I I had thought about like well what could I talk about like crush wise I'm like nobody cares about that mm -hmm. if I had a crush on a, a girl or anything like that so I'm like that's gonna end pretty pretty quickly but um 
And then while thinking about that, I'm like, well, that's great. I'll just talk about like girlfriends that crushed my soul when I was in grade school. As they and do. These like week long relationships that just mean oh, nothing. Yeah. That literally, did you ever do the like breakup over aim? Yes. Kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So I remember that. This this one in particular in this piece, um, it wasn't like face to face. That was like a little bit embellished, but it was it was a girlfriend calling me for her saying like she doesn't want to date you anymore because she thinks you're you try too hard to be funny are you serious yeah. it was a call from another yeah. girl oh but, my god but it, it, my sadness didn't last long as yeah after the phone call with that exact same girl friend her sister called me back asking me out for her so so of course wait, wait, i was wait. like okay, wait, wait, wait. i was like give me a day to process the girl that broke up with you for her for her friend that you were dating her sister called you back and asked her asked you out for the girl that just had broken up with you Correct. for someone else and if you're confused so was i um <laughs> Yeah, so we really, I'm so glad to get this deep dive, because yeah. I did not know that story. <laughs> and that, and it's funny, because I so wanted to add that. So that girl was like, I don't agree. I wanted to add that. She didn't think, yeah. In the piece, but I'm she like, that's too confusing. Too... <laughs> yeah, it's so confusing. And like, not really maybe the main point of the piece, but like, she clearly didn't think you were, you were trying too hard to be funny, because she liked, wanted to go out with you. So it was like... Such a weird thing yeah. where she's telling you this thing, but then she's like, but also I like you. And that happened several times too. Like I'd have girlfriends <laughs> of the girl I was dating call to break up with me. And then they would call back asking me out. And we'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> You're just like going around this friend group. Like, I guess yeah. now I'm dating this one and now I'm dating this one. Meanwhile, like, oh. all I care about is like sports and eating food. Right. <laughs> How did you come um, come up with the breaking the conversation hearts? Because you're like smashing them with a hammer on stage. How did you come up with that activity to go along with your storytelling? Um, someone had suggested it slightly like, you know, it might have been Julia. Actually, she she's always mm. like, she's always throwing in little gems of like, what if you use candy hearts right. or something? And, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's. It's actually a good idea and then and then I had like a plank of wood like in my place and then a hammer and then I um I toyed with like well what should I do should I like break them with my fists but no I did that and mm -hmm. they're actually really strong and they hurt so I'm like a hammer <laughs> would actually be great um so then practicing in my apartment like I smashed the candy and you can you could still up until we moved we found candy hearts all over the place. So oh, because they yeah, just like I fly never, everywhere. I could never find them all, but um, oh my god, that's I so just funny. thought it was a it was a great idea of like bringing the metaphorical like to life as you were to to like mm -hmm. physically break break the little candy hearts and um, to use those as like a prop is is so also grade school ish, you know. Yes, totally. Um, cause, cause everybody just handed those out and, um, yeah, it was, it, it was a perfect prop. Honestly, it was, 
It was honestly my favorite prop yeah. in all the pieces I've done. It's so good because it was, it was around Valentine's Day, and then it was like you know breaking your heart literally and um, figuratively. Mm-hmm. So it's just such a good, such a good yeah activity. And I, I love it so much. I mean, and it sounds amazing. I, I when, tried not to like when listening smash to it, it too hard because I was like afraid that mm-hmm. chunks would fly off into the audience like Gallagher style, but. Um, right. And then I think I was going to practice with wearing goggles too, but that kind of like took away from people <laughs> seeing my face. So, right. Yeah. It was a, it was a fun, fun little exercise to do during that one. Do you think that you try too hard to be funny? I do, but I think, I think now I've just accepted that I, that I do try and I go all in as okay. opposed to like being being scared to um i mean i feel like i've reached that age now where i've gotten back into or out of giving a shit what people think of me mm-hmm. so for a while i think i just i um i pushed that down because i was i was kind of a loner in college and then kind of when i moved out here um mm-hmm. so i felt like sometimes people wouldn't get my humor and then they wouldn't accept me so it was um it was sort of that deal where it was like yeah i'm going to suppress the humor in me yeah because you kind of talk about it as a as a negative thing or something you felt like was negative but then at the end of the piece it's something that you find to be positive about yourself and so i love that you kind of just turned it around yeah it uh and it and this piece could have been you know 15 minutes long but and it resolves pretty quickly at the end where it's just Mm -hmm. like yeah and then I moved to LA and then everything's fine no uh (laughs) lots of self-work and discovery throughout that yeah Yeah, of course and uh well of course like meeting Liz has helped me like uh break down that uh, I don't know that insecurity I guess yeah your your wife Liz yeah yeah like she likes that you're funny. <laughs> right. I mean, I should I yeah. should hope so. Yeah. <laughs> um something that I love once I heard Tina Fey, someone asked Tina Fey in an interview, um, did you know from a young age that you were funny? And she said, you know, I knew that I wanted to be funny. I don't know if I knew I was funny or thought I was funny. I knew that's something I wanted. And I think that that's a really important part about comedians or people that, you know, we see as, oh, they're just really funny. Well, it's, you know, it's them having this experience of knowing they want to make people laugh and working toward it to become funnier. It's not something that just is always inherent. Like people work toward it, right? It's a, it's a profession. It's something that people do. So it's not always a bad thing to try to be funny. And as, as like the younger of three boys growing up, it was, it was a defense mechanism for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, and it always has been humor wise, like, I can never get, especially in my family, it's it's never like serious conversations. It's always it's always mulled over with humor, and uh, mm, and that was in school too. So it was, it was yeah. At times, sure, I felt like I tried to be funny, but it was that defense mechanism like kicking in. Um, Is it because you wanted to like escape? any like serious conversations by trying to be funny or it was, you it just... was that but it was also like I felt like 
I wasn't good at fighting, so it was mm. if if there were bullies or anything like that, which I didn't really get bullied, but like I didn't I didn't get bullied because I felt like I was the funny guy, so people you didn't could just make people laugh. Yeah. So you mentioned in the in your piece that you became a stand up. How is your stand up career going now? Now that we're in quarantine and we cannot perform <laughs> it's, <laughs> anywhere, it's physically. put on a pause. Um, but yeah, I uh, I did do like a little um, Zoom like stand up show. Um, it oh, was that's weird. Fun. I I don't know. Yeah, because there's like no it. laughter, <laughs> yeah. right? You're just it's you, just quiet. Yeah, but it was more it was more filmed as a as if it was a sketch show. So. In okay. that sense, like it was okay, but I see everybody doing these Zoom live stand up, and I'm like, eh. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's just not what stand up it Like, it's cool that people can try out their material, but it's not really the the way that stand up is supposed to be. Right. You need to be able to feed off the audience. Like, right. that's when, that's that's when improvisation comes in, like, you know, and. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. Like I can't do that in front of Crash, my dog. I mean, he doesn't <laughs> <You could>. laugh. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's if it's for that's you, that's for you. But yeah, it's not for me. Right. But um, before, when that was recorded, like I was, I was trying to get out there, you know, doing the the open mic scenes, and I performed uh, primarily in front of a uh, black audience. And I was the first like comedian oh, to go yeah, up you told after me this. the host, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and it was and it was great experience. But I felt like I was the white guy like live at the Apollo, like because you because you had like a totally different like crowd of people that were like had different life experiences that you're trying to perform your your own perspectives in front of. Like, yeah, is that and is it, that why it was so? Well, it was. I was. I was just scared because it was like. Oh yeah. God! Like, I'm like, gonna are they gonna laugh at me? Eaten alive, yeah. And, yeah. Um, fortunately, I had just written this little story about when we went to get free trips via. Um, oh. <laughs> you know, you remember the the timeshare um, yeah. meeting? <laughs> yeah. So I literally I just that told that tell story. story. Yeah. Tried to get laughs, and I I try to like tell these stories, find the laughter in it, and then incorporate it into stand-up which it's personal has helped tremendously with with that process Mm -hmm. right it that's what it is yeah it's like every time you would you came to it's personal and presented a piece it was like okay this could be a stand-up routine and I love that you finally have started doing stand-up even though it's like kind of short-lived before everything shut down but like it's it's so true it's so much of what we do and it's personal and if you can find that, you always can find the humor in situations. Um, like I was laughing out loud, just re-listening to your piece. I just, I love it. Do you feel like you have, I mean, I feel like you must have so much more material. Like next time you ever are able to get on stage, like you must have so many things that you're, that you've been observing over these last few months that you're yeah, um, like putting in the back pocket for when you can yeah perform again. It's uh yeah, it's definitely interesting. Do you know what Ashley's doing now? I believe she has four kids. Um, Whoa, that's a lot of kids. Yeah, and she's living in Annandale. Um, and she's loving Which is life. where you grew up? She's where, yep, that's where I grew up. At a um, town of 2,100 people. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And she's married, I She's presume? married, yes. 
Um, Probably not very funny guy. I don't think so. But, uh, you know, he's nice. He's a nice guy. Um, Yeah, that's what she needs. So you kind of talk about in the piece about how you really um, wanted people to like you. Uh, Why do you think that is that you were um, concerned with people liking you or being a likable person? I think because because I used my humor to, to sort of like break down that insecurity, I also wanted that humor to to be a driving factor in like just connecting with people and people like just liking me because mm-hmm. I don't know it's um and I think that too like also can hinder and and be good for stand-up um because mm-hmm. it's like I don't want to offend anybody ever <laughs> I guess it's that like Minnesota niceness that like mm-hmm. sometimes you do have to push the boundaries for for stand-up obviously but I'm like, I don't want to offend anybody. I just want everyone to get along. Um, yeah, it's just not It's not your sense of humor. Your sense of humor isn't like, I don't care what people think. This is my opinion, and I think it's funny. You, like, want to right. be Like, if I were to nice emulate anyone's funny. career, it's it's John Mulaney. Like, he, he does right, this sort yeah. of, like, you know, reminiscing and nostalgia, like, comedy that mm-hmm. people can relate to. And, um... Yeah, I think that it goes deep to like just wanting to be wanting to be liked, wanting everyone to be friends with me. And um there's there's been people in my life that haven't liked me and I'm just like, I don't know why. What did I do to them? And um yeah, it's it is something that I dealt with and struggled with, but um mm-hmm. now that I'm married, I mean, I could give it a shit who who likes me. <laughs> As long as she's I mean, it happy. sounds like you were really popular back in the day with all these girls asking you out for their friends. Yeah, and, and you that. know, I I was pretty like well liked. Like, you know, there's there's those like high school cliques and groups. I I feel mm-hmm. like I melded in between all of them and just yeah could go could go from from the jocks to the dweebs to the the full gamut, and um, it was uh. It was great because I was a, like a chameleon in that sense. And I think yeah. that's really where my my humor came from as well and just appealing to everybody. Yeah, when so. you're like friends with all different types of people, you aren't going to like want to rock the boat and be like ex- excluding people. You're trying to like include people and be able to go into any exactly. situation and still like share your humor so yeah which and I mean that goes for like Facebook too like I'm always I'm always posting like funny jokes or memes or Mm -hmm. pictures because I'm like you know everyone's dealing with enough shit as it is I don't (laughs) no one needs my political rants but I the thing I love about you Bob using Facebook is like you (laughs) I feel like you seem like a way older person on Facebook like how you're just like posting funny like sayings or like you post oh my god I almost want to pull up your Facebook because because like to me it just cracks me up because I'm like Bob you seem like you're like a 50 year old person sometimes on Facebook because you're like just posting really random like kind of dad jokes yeah and it is truly delightful and I love it so much and that's that was the basis of my first stand-up show was how I think I'm I'm like an 80-year-old man trapped in the body of a 33-year-old. 
And I just leaned into it. Wait, did you post this today? You said, today on Bob's wildlife videos, we have a family of four raccoons. I was about two bottles of wine in at this point. So I apologize for the side angle. I thought my camera would adjust accordingly. And then it's like a picture. Yeah. This happened last night. Oh my God. Oh my God. It is raccoons. Like just really random stuff. And it is so funny to me because it's like we do get so inundated with so much like intense um, opinions on Facebook or just like a bunch of random stuff. And yours is like, so it's a very particular style that you're using on Facebook. It's, It's wholesome Midwestern. Yes. Yeah. And I love it. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask, my next question is, how do you think being funny has helped you in your life? But I feel like you kind of just answered that. Like you, I, I just love that you, you know, have tried to like include people in your humor and by being funny. But I don't know if there's any other thoughts you have on, you know, how it's shaped you or helped you in it's, your life of just trying to be funny. It's it's helped me like... um kind of gravitate towards wonderful people um because mm. if they get if they get my humor then i kind of like you know i i can you want to be around them <laughs> yeah hang out with them yeah and, um, yeah and it's and it's helped believe it or not like in because i'm a massage therapist and um maybe not i i would like to think i'm a good massage therapist but at the same time i do make my clients laugh so like there's a bit of like wow. release there as far mm-hmm. as like their stress goes. So it's helped right. in that sense as well, because people come back to me because they want to like, and you're not supposed to talk and I don't, but if they talk to me, I'm going to like respond back to them. But, um, right. Yeah. It's, it's helped in that sense, be able to just relate to people and show people like a different side of me that. Because, I mean, when, when people know they're going to get a massage from a guy named Bob, they autom- they automatically think I'm a 50-year-old. But then they meet <laughs> yeah. me, they see that I'm young. But then they hang out with me, and then they see, well, his humor is like a 50-year-old. So yeah. it's <laughs> It's weird. very confusing. Yeah. Because your name matches with your humor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an enigma. No, I, don't, I don't get yeah. it. But, yeah, I it's, love that. it's helped in that sense. Yeah, I love that, like, because it's like, um, laughter is the best medicine. It's like you're literally helping people, like, not only release tension by massage, but also by, like, making people laugh or feel at ease when they might feel, like, uncomfortable or whatever. So it's like you're, you know, you're really using that. Exactly, yeah. Especially when you get, like, female clients that don't want to be massaged by a male, but I'm the only one available, and I'm like... (laughs) Yeah. Uh... Yeah, you're trying to just, like, put them at ease. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Um, Okay, so my last question, because it was the crush show, what are you crushing on right now? Is there anything you're, like, watching or listening to or just, like, really into at the moment? Uh, I've fallen back in love with Parks and Recreation. (gasps) Um, Totally. And we're going through the entire show again, but I... Liz and I, my wife, we had mm-hmm. this debate. I'm like, I've always thought, like, what's better, Parks and Rec or The Office? And mm-hmm. 
And I was like, you know, I gotta, I gotta give the edge to Parks and Rec, cause yeah, every episode makes me laugh out loud. Every character makes me laugh yeah. out loud. And I mean, yeah, The Office is is great. It's a close second, but um, yeah, the thing that I think is really interesting with The Office versus Parks and Rec um, idea is that Parks and Rec they um focus on positivity and the office focus on negative negativity right like everyone at the office hates their job has all this negative thoughts but like there's still some some like funniness and happiness comes out of it but parks and rec it's like a bunch of positive people who like really want to do good and so it doesn't surprise me that you gravitate I, toward that yeah, more i totally agree and um yeah yeah it's just it's great if if the listeners haven't watched it revisit it cuz it's a gem. It's so good. That's that's what I've been yeah. crushing on lately. And my and my dog Crash, Crash is a crush. Yes. Um, he's Crash is a crush. He's passed out right now, but. Um, and I think you're his crush too. It sounds like he really loves. Yeah. You. So this this time away from him will be very interesting to say the least. I'll be gone for four days. Yeah. So we'll see how I'm he does. I'm also leaving my dog for the first time ever. Uh, for ten days. I'm leaving her with my parents. Yeah. And I'm so scared. (laughs) I've never spent a night without her since we got her, and she's never spent a night without me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Um, Well, thank you so much. Uh, Thanks for sharing all those uh, personal details about the inner workings of your piece and your funniness. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for for having me. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey Liz, can you believe that even with the pandemic and us pivoting our storytelling shows to an online format, we have had six It's Personal shows this year? I know, it's crazy. And we're gearing up for our seventh and final show this month. It's Personal Horrifying. That's right. It's Personal Horrifying is a storytelling show about all things horrifying. A perfect end to our 2020 season. Get your tickets to our live YouTube show on October 22nd now at itspersonalonstage.com. And 25% of all ticket sales will be donated to Fair Fight, an organization helping with election reform. And after the show, we're having a Halloween-themed trivia night. You don't want to miss it. See you there.